Today's episode of Life Talks is brought to you by ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> not really. I'm kidding. Well, not really kidding. Today on Life Talks, we're going to be talking about AI and the future of ministry, values, technology, all kinds of things. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last several months, you've heard about the rise of ChatGPT, which is an artificial intelligence program that is revolutionizing many aspects of the internet and how we get information. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. As AI continues to develop, it's going to have impacts on us in virtually every area of our life, and we are just seeing the beginning. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We are the teaching pastors at Life fellowship in uh, metropolitan Charlotte, North Carolina. Ben, this is this is an emerg this is a, an emerging story for sure. I we when we did a whiteboard session, this is probably like 6 months ago, uh and and we wrote down some of the series we want to do this year and you know, the idea of the Christian and AI was one of these ideas that came across uh, uh, that we thought through and so and it just feels like over the last few weeks, there's just just more. I mean, they just began yesterday a congressional hearing on the the issues that pertain to AI in the future and how it's how it's changing so many things. And um, they the guy that the I can't remember if it was a senator or a representative um, started the session, started the meeting by playing a clip of him or supposed to be him saying something that was not true. And it was produced, it was basically that artificial intelligence was able to take the voice of this congressman or the senator and say and announce something that was completely false because he never said it. Yeah. But it's able to to replicate these. And it's just like, this is the world we're walking into. Tom Hanks yesterday mentioned that he's going to be able to star in movies for 100 years after his death because of yeah. AI. Yeah. I mean, the technology, and I think that's what, the number one emotion I think that most of us have is probably fear it, because there's this uncertainty of what this is actually going to do. Um, I think we're all just kind of throwing stuff on the board right now, but we've always been aware that this kind of technology is out there. But think about the movie, 1980s movie, War Games, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a first generation idea of artificial intelligence starting something, a possible nuclear war. And or 2001 Space Odyssey where you had HAL. Right, know? right. And then you have um, the second Avengers movie, right? You have, Where you have the artificial intelligence that's trying to... We've had these science fiction-ish types of things that said... You know, one day there will be these kinds of computer programs that can do this. Well, we're almost there at the precipice of these kinds of realities. And I think that's kind of the what what's happening right now. And as a Christian, how, how does this even relate to us? Should I care? Should I should I just kind of bury my head in the sands? And so I think this is the this is a very it's a relevant issue to humanity. And I think the question that we want to ask ourselves is. How, as a Christian, should we navigate the this frontier of artificial intelligence? Yep. So that that's basically what we want to do. Well, this it's, series. It, it's going to be complex, and you know, uh, let's keep this one in the archives somewhere because I have a funny feeling 
if if we don't blow the entire planet up and the Lord doesn't return <laughs> in the next five or six years, we may look back on this episode and just see how wrong we were. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or how much worse it was yeah. Yeah. Than, than what we imagined, or maybe how much better it is. Yeah. But they're saying that this could have a disruption up to 80% of the career choices that people mm. make at some level. Yeah. Um, we, we know that also for every good benefit that comes from technology, there's always multiple bad implications as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, so where do we start on this, Ben? Well, you know, I was, I was just, first of all, let me just start by saying I read a book and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold up a book right now. It's called 2084 is written by John Lennox. And, um, it's, it's, it's a playoff of 1984, but John Lennox was a uh, professor of mathematics at Oxford university, a born again, believer loves Jesus, uh, a deep thinker. I've referenced one of his books before on against the flow, which is a book on Daniel, but John Lennox writes this book for his grandchildren, knowing that uh, as a Christian, how do you navigate these issues of artificial intelligence? And so he writes this as a discourse of understanding what technology is trying to do to humanity and how do we as Christians respond to this. So a lot of the ideas that we're going to be talking about, that I'm going to be sharing, um, have come from this book. I just want to cite cite the author of of this uh, of a lot of these ideas, but um, I just thought I'd start with the history of AI, and mm-hmm. I, I have a report here. I just asked ChatGPT to give me the history of AI, mm. and he gave it to me, or it gave it to me. He see <laughs> how quickly how quickly it. Turns. I named my I named my open AI system Charlie, and and Charlie gave no. Um, and so what's interesting is I asked. Oh, I asked ChatGPT yesterday, give me the history of of artificial intelligence. And it wrote probably like a two and a half paragraph, you know, essay. And then I asked this and I forgot to save it. And so I exited out of the the uh, window. And so I was like, oh man, I wanted to read that out because it was a pretty succinct, you know, under, you know, overview. And then I asked it the same thing today. And now it's a page and a half. Hmm. So so he obviously it obviously, I don't even know what to. Chat GPT obviously realized, hey, you want to know a little bit more. So it really began in the 1950s. Um, it broke it down into, you know, let's see here, seven different phases. The early concepts in the 1950s and 60s, uh, where you know Alan Turing and a lot of these guys, uh, Herbert Simon, Alan Newell, were always were trying to develop this idea. And the Turing model is this idea, or the Turing test is the idea of can you create. A computer system that responds in the same way as a human would. So if you don't know if I, you know if you're corresponding with someone, you know, do I know if this is a computer or a person? If you have no idea, that means it's passed the Turing test. And so mm-hmm. ChatGPT passes the Turing test. But that's the early concepts. Then you have the rise and fall of symbolic AI in the 1960s and 70s. Um, the general problem solver, the expert systems and knowledge based approaches in the 1980s. This is the kind of thing when you think about. Um, the the chess players, you know, they create this this computer that could play chess with other people and beat the beat the best players. Uh, the neural networks and connectionism in the 1980s and 90s. Uh, the AI winters and resurgence in the 1990s and 2000s. The big data and deep learning of the 2010s to the present, and then the current trends and future direction. And so, one of the things that 
basically that it said it was AI continues to advance rapidly with ongoing research in areas like explainable AI, reinforcement learning, generative models, and robotics. Ethical considerations, responsible AI development, and potential socioeconomic impacts are gaining attention. AI is being integrated into numerous industries, transforming sectors like healthcare, finance, transportation, and manufacturing. That's what ChatGPT let us know about. So, I mean, it is... Okay, so what was interesting is I asked ChatGPT for a history of AI. It spit out a page and a half, right? Is that technically an autobiography? (laughs) (laughs) A very short autobiography by ChatGPT. Um, But what's interesting is when I read John Lennox's book, which is only a couple years old, it says someone in 2016 predicted that it's, it won't be until 2026 that AI will be able to write high school level essays. Well, we we, missed that we, a, we got there for I mean if you're if you're list, if you read some of the um, the projections of two, from 2016 of what artificial intelligence would be able to do, there are things that they predicted that AI would be able to do in the you know mid 2020s, 2030s that is happening now. Yeah. That's why, what you're hearing and seeing from experts is saying, like there's a Google executive that was probably one of the fathers of AI that resigned, I believe, a few months ago that said, this is running out of control. And the whole idea is there's no there's no boundaries upon what people are creating with this. Therefore, we've got we, – there needs to be government oversight. And, and the reason why this is so popular, uh, this I heard this the other day, that it took Facebook, I think, Four years to get up to 100 million users, mm-hmm. it took Chat GPT two months. Yep. So, this is a people are using this mm-hmm. way more. Like, even I've talked to my son who loves to write now, he doesn't, he, he's telling me he doesn't use yeah. Chat GPT to, to write essays. But what he says is, if I'm doing essay work, I will use it's like a search engine. They're yeah. u- a lot of my kids' generation are using it as a search engine and, um, it's so it just cuts out a lot of the extra, you know, time that they're that they would normally use Google for. Yeah, and part of the problem, which goes back to the whole issue of AI, um, is that it's improving so rapidly. So I teach at a graduate school, mm-hmm. and we are now having situations where students are submitting graduate level papers, so well beyond high school. These are footnoted, documented, cite- cited, uh, in in a certain format. They have to be, you know, you you can literally put in, uh, use APA format or use Turabian format or whatever, and it'll respond. Mm. But, and so they have developed software that looks for idiosyncrasies that are unique to AI Hmm. so that it can say to us, this has characteristics. It can't say it definitively. It's not that good. But this has characteristics of AI. The problem is that the next week, the AI has has corrected itself. Yeah. And so then the software is completely worthless. Yeah. So we've already had two levels of software presented to us to use. And then a week later they say, ah, never mind, it's not working again. Yeah, it's that and I think that's the, the what we're what a lot of the fear is happening is the 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 rapidness of of how this is changing. Like like there's this one language program that they were trying to um some obscure Bangladeshi dialect that they asked this this AI uh, language program to f- to answer, put in the language, and it took the. No one asked it to do this. The AI itself 
chose to learn that language. It took it like maybe two or three hours, but by later in that morning, it had learned the language and had learned all these other languages that were obscure as well, even though the programmers of the AI did not tell it to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of thing when you read that and you hear that, and you're like, yeah, someone needs to be- uh, Watching this. <laughs> someone needs to be making sure that this is not expanding beyond uh, what it needs to. But, but I think that this is the round- I heard someone say who was a who's a um, a thinker in AI said AI is kind of like a new continent that we are discovering. We're just now walking on this territory, and we have no idea what is in store, like what the future holds yeah. in this new continent, and what kind of beasts are on the other side of the mountain range. <laughs> well, you know, back in the fifties, there was a great science fiction writer who was also a futurist by the name of Isaac Asimov, mm. and in those days, they like you said in your history, they began. Um, you know, saying when computers reach their full potential, it's going to change the universe. Um, and they put together rules for robots. Mm. If you remember, it's part of the uh, the pretense of the movie I, Robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, you know, robot, robot will never be able to kill each other. And, and they're even talking about putting, you know, technological kill switches in yeah. things like if if the order was to start a thermonuclear war or uh, release the, you know a bioagent into the atmosphere right. that there are certain triggers that you could embed in the code that would prevent it from doing that hmm. uh, however if ai continues to advance the way that it is that would be able to self recognize the triggers and disable those and right. still go ahead and do nefarious actions right. so you know there's a lot of concern over the negatives but before we get into those what are some of the positives of this well, I think that, you know, one of the things that we have to remember is that AI is simply another form of technology. And we technology has been advancing since humanity has been around. We're all there's always an advancement of, of technology. It's so, somewhere down 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 the line. And so um, you know, someone create you know, creates a better uh, you know, the a wheel system or or whatever it might be. There's been times in the in the history's past where people discovered new things and you're like, oh, this is new technology. And with any new technology, I think that there's something, they're just, I would say, basic principles as followers of Jesus you need to remember. The number one thing is all technology can either enhance our ability to do good or evil. You mentioned something like that mm-hmm. earlier. That's basically what it comes down to. When, when the moving picture came out, over a hundred years ago, uh, you could either use it to tell stories that highlighted the goodness and the beauty of human of of God and and uh, tell great stories, or you could use stories to tear down people and pornography. Like mm-hmm. like th- that's just the reality of what you could use the technology of the moving picture for. Um, the the um, the the advent of the combustible uh, engine, you know, internal combustible engine. Like the, you can either use that to transport goods and services to help people get, you know, food and and medicine, or you can use it to transport, you know, transport liquor and across, you know, illegal lines. I mean, there's you can use technology forever. You what you ever you want to use it. It's just it's a it's going to enhance um, the ability to go, to do good or evil. When the internet came out. 25 years ago, wherever it was, it did the same thing, right? It was this idea of, hey, you can either use this to grow in knowledge or you can grow. I, I kind of remember how we felt with the internet it was like this Wild West mm-hmm. kind of experience. Like you can put all this information and freedom and we can all learn about these different things. But then again, you have this issue of, well, people could put all kinds of bad things on the internet and they did. And so that's, 
Go, go ahead. Yeah, but it's almost like though you know we've not harnessed the bad on that yet. No. And now we're getting ready to just leapfrog over all of all of that. Yeah. You know, one of the big things that we've got dealing with right now uh, in whether it's the social media aspects or the internet is misinformation. Mm. There's such a huge philosoph- philosophical problem with this because when you lose the definition of absolutes, mm. then everything becomes reality and everything becomes plausible and and truth becomes a matter of perspective. Yeah, uh, it, it it is situational, um, and 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 so forth. It, it 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 it's like losing the power of gravity. Yeah, whenever you can't find truth. Yeah, um, and and that's why you know there's so much controversy around Twitter and the media and and so forth now because uh, and and people now referring to their truth, your truth, my truth, yeah. rather than the truth. Yeah. So wh- wh- my concern is we. We haven't solved those issues adequately. And I think, okay, so this goes back to a couple other episodes when we were talking about how we got here through the sexual uh, dysphoria or gender dysphoria issue that, and, and, and uh, we talked about we, we unanchored ourselves from, from truth, from God, Darwinism, Nietzsche, all those kind of isms that came into our, our thinking. Well, I think when you, have, because, we've, because we've untethered ourselves from that, moral framework of Judeo-Christian ethics. What happens now is what we should be asking, and this is probably the second principle I would say when it comes to, as a Christian looks at technology, not only does technology enhance our ability to good or evil, that as a Christian, we should always be asking, should we do this before could we do this? Mm. And I think that's one of the major issues we're running into with technology in in all different levels. We can create things that can do things that maybe they should not be able to do. For example, I even heard this a few years ago, how they have the pill, they have a kind of medicine or pill, they've developed a, a, a drug that can help a soldier overcome PTSD. Hmm. Take one pill and you're done. The problem with that is you give that to someone who murders or rapes someone else, you're taking away the the effectiveness of affecting evil, affecting their conscience, yeah. and so the whole reason why they are they're debating whether or not to release these kinds of drugs into the the the, the, the big um, into the general population is the abuse of these things is significant. And if you if you have a population of people who will do whatever what, they know they can take a pill and feel no remorse, no guilt, no shame, what will that do to society? And I think that's the th- those are the things I think that we've got to be very careful of. In that there's a there are issues that is not just a can we, but should we? And if we're not asking should we, we're in trouble. And I don't. And I think that's what most people are saying is why aren't we asking should we be doing this? Yeah, but I, w- I would also say, and we're running out of time, so we we'll have to roll some of this over to another episode. Yeah. But but we tend to look at things from this american perspective where we have a sense mm. of of certain values that are intrinsic to our culture because we do have a foundation of judeo christian mm. values mm-hmm. one of the great concerns that many people have and i think should have is as fast as american and, and much of this is designed in the west which was designed by american programmers as quickly as they are designing it the chinese are stealing it <laughs> yeah. and 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 yeah. other other uh, or you know organizations and and nation states are going to be selling it mm. and and before long you've got 
you know, North Korea with it, and you've got yeah. you've got us, um, Iran and Iraq, right. uh, and 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 so forth. Or you have a, you know, oligarch in Russia who's got a bazillion dollars, and and he buys access to it, and those fee, those folks they don't care. Right. There's no there's no moral framework. There, there is no moral framework. And I think that's them. I think that's the issue that most governments are. All the people that have gone and said, "Hey, we need to have boundaries on this. We need to slow down." Well, they're not going to do that because they know if they slow down, the Chinese or what, whatever nation states feel like they're our enemies, and we've got to have a, a a better system than them with with our own artificial intelligence. They're they're in a race to have the best, yeah. And so there's nothing the, the world governments cannot agree upon when we should slow down and how we should slow down because everyone's scared that someone's going to find the best version of this to, to in, in essence, take over all their other systems. Well, and the other problem to that is, you know, like when it came to the nuclear, which the last big thing that we had the potential to change humanity forever was the nuclear bomb. That's right. So, you know, the strategy that has worked thus far has been mutually assured destruction. Mm. It, you know, it's not a matter of the United States or Russia each having more, you know, how many bombs they have. The fact is we both have enough that we could destroy the planet. Right. And so, yeah, you're not going to be the one to launch because you know that you're going to die. That's right. So, so you know, why, why bother? Zero-sum game. Yeah. yeah. So, but the problem with AI is that that doesn't work if AI develops its ability to launch itself, mm. to improve itself, to make its own decisions. Right. And at some point decide that mankind is the enemy and they want to function apart without the constraints yeah. of mankind. Yeah. So these are these are the kind of ethical questions and philosophical questions. I feel that, like we just opened up a can of worms, Dan. Yeah. And, 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 and frankly... <laughs> And frankly, two two pastors from North Carolina probably don't. <laughs> we're not we're not solving this problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but it's been good, and and I hope we've excited some some thought and conversation and some contemplation. Um, you you know, and for the Christian again, the very basis of everything we're doing is by faith God. That's right. And and um, we know this isn't catching God by surprise. Mm. Um, and and so we have to believe that God is at work in the mm. midst of this, mm. and whether He decides to destroy it all like He did at Babel or whether this is part of his last chapter mm. in mankind, uh, we just know that um, that God is not surprised by what is happening. Yeah, so we'll talk about this more in our next episode. But as always, thanks for joining us here at Life Talks, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.